this podcast may contain language that is not suitable for mature audiences. Listeners' discretion may be advised. Welcome to another Slap Dab Roof show with your host, Evix24. Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, I haven't even done one of these episodes for a long time. Yes, I know, I am back. I didn't quit the freaking thing. I had lots of stuff to do. I think in the last show, which I did the playoff preview show, I said that I may be getting busy with classes and I might not be able to record podcasts. Well, <laughs> today's that today was the this was the case really. Um I had a lot of classes to do busy and all that, but since I'm registered for classes and plus the football game tonight is not really as exciting. I thought I would decide to record the podcast, and today is a very special day, or really a big day today. Uh, obviously, if you're a Formula One fan, it's the Mexican Grand Prix. But today's race was boring, so we're not talking about the Mexican Grand Prix today. Today, we're going to talk about the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Yes, that's right, we're doing another podcast and about the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Um, earlier today, Kyle Larson won. Um, in a well-deserving fashion, I gotta say. Uh, we're gonna talk about the race, we're gonna talk about the weekend as a whole, and we're gonna talk about an end of an era. Um, it is officially an end of an era in NASCAR. We will talk a lot more about it today. Today. And that's what we're gonna talk about. So, we're gonna talk about the, and we're also gonna talk about the championship weekend, because I think we had a great championship weekend. Um, as a whole. So, we're gonna talk about that as well. Uh, before we do that, though, um, let's just get a few uh, housekeeping stuff. If you guys are still loving the podcast, I know I've been saying it for a while, and you guys are hoping to see. Hopefully, we'll get more podcasts pretty soon. I'm probably going to do more, hopefully, when class is over. So, got a few more weeks. But by mid December, I should be having more and more episodes of the Slap Every Show. We should have more guests as well. I'm planning on more guests pretty soon. So, that's first things first. But if you are new to this podcast and you love hearing about NASCAR motorsports or anything else in general between, hit us up on Spotify. That lets me know you guys were enjoying this, especially for all of my old viewers as well. Uh, how good is this podcast, by the way, for a lot of people have been asking? As Team Quadrant member and, for, and former F3 Formula 3 driver Max Futrell himself, he loves this podcast and he recommends you should listen to him. Take that for granted. Tell him I send you as well. Um, speaking of that as well, go follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash evix24. Um, I might be doing more live episodes as well. I'll put the link in the podcast uh, description and in this episode's description as well. Make sure you follow it up. We might be doing more episodes as well and maybe getting more guests in as well. And I thank you guys so much, especially for all my listeners who were waiting for more of these episodes. I didn't quit. Like I said, I've had a lot of work, and I haven't had time to do it, but today is going to be that day we're going to talk about it. Anyways, I thank you for all the support, and let's get right into it. So, um, as we I said in the pre, uh, in the introduction, uh, Kyle Larson is your 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Wow. Um, what a season for Kyle Larson. I would never thought at the end of last year, by the way, it was one year ago, to probably around there, where Larson just got the deal done to drive for Henrik Motorsports. And essentially, he replaced uh, Jimmy Johnson and his crew. That's the 48 team from last year, by the way. They went on to win 10 races. 10. 10 races. He was dominated and... Dominant this whole season, and he was the unanimous favorite. Uh, in the final four, he was competing against his teammate Chase Elliott, and the two Gibbs cars of Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. We're going to talk about the champion, other two drivers in a little bit. We got to talk about Larson a little bit because he's done more. Um, probably had one of the most dominant seasons in NASCAR I think I've ever remembered. Um, it's unbelievable to see how much talent that Larson has behind the wheel. Um, he's won in everything, in dirt, sprint cars, to even quarter midgets. Uh, he falls all the way up to, all the way through the ranks of NASCAR, gets um, 
his ride from Chip Ganassi Racing, and he was a living sensation by the very beginning, uh, back in 2014. It is so great to, I guess, see him in victory lane as well. They did a pretty good job as well, but it wasn't that easy for Larson. I think the top four were evenly competitive um, when they dropped the green flag. Larson started on pole. I think Elliott started on the front row. Uh, Truex, Hamlin started there. Truex was the back, the guy who probably was the underdog. He did not bring a car that I think could have won, but Truex was able to move through the field. Um, his race speed was kind of better, getting better as well. Um, but uh, how Larson ended up winning the race has been, I mean, the racing was pretty great beginning. Top four guys were nose to tail. Uh, we're one through four again, one through four all throughout the entire race. I think um, you knew that that was the case. Um, the champion uh, with this playoff format, the champions decided by the uh, the champion decided by the win of the race, and we we saw that happen here today. We had the four best drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series. So regardless if you want to argue the playoff format that NASCAR had, even with the traditional points format, you still would get the same four drivers, um, top four drivers. So it just goes to show you how bad, how um, the playoff format really happens. But the playoff format does include, you know, the exciting – and we had an exciting championship four battle to the very end. I mean, it came down to last restart even um, and not only that, um, because today was an end of the era, of course, the last race of the next-gen car, I mean, the Gen 6 car, the next-gen car is next year, well, technically now, because we're in the off-season, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, but also for the five luck about pit stops. Also, the championship four, Elliot Larson, Truex Hamlin, have the four best pit crews in the NASCAR Cup Series, and when I said, and I think I said this with William Byron, if William Byron's pit crew were so bad, much better than Larson, he would win. The pit crew plays an important part in winning these races. Mm. So, um, Larson got the lead and the championship won by his pit crew. Larson was, they pulled off their fastest pit stop of the year. 11, I think it was 11.8. I think they did. Not too sure. I think it was 11.8. And of course, not only that, Larson qualified the pool. Of course, since they did practice and qualify, we'll talk about that a little bit as well because practice qualifying is one of the ones that we'll talk about in a little bit. But they got they got to qualify the pool. They get to choose their they get first choice of the pit stall, and obviously they chose the first pit stall, the first pit stall by the exit, and it paid off. He got the lead and. uh, he was able to hold off Martin Truex Jr., hard charge of Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Chase El- Chase Elliott. Um, so, again, Kyle Larson, well-deserved win, well-deserved championship. Um, uh, as you can see, I'm happy for him, but also pissed off at the same time, because I know William Byron... If you're a Hetner car, unless you're like an Alex Bowman or a Ch- William Byron fan, you can win. You know you see Larson winning these races, and you're like, "How we can't beat the five car. How we're going to compete, you know? Good thing the next-gen car comes in next year, so maybe everyone will be on the same playing field. But, again, as well. And, oh, by the way, like I said, Larson took over Jimmy Johnson's race team, so he ended up winning the whole thing. So, yeah, Rick Hatton and Rick Motorsports could be back. I'm really hoping to see what happens, but I'm really see the case. But Larson, again, dominated this race. He dominated the... Well, I wouldn't say he dominated the race really that much. In the last, like, 30 laps, um, Truex got the lead, actually. Because um, they were making their last pit stops with, like, about 30 laps to go. 44, 50 laps to go. Truex got the lead because he pitted just the right time. A caution came out. And... For a crash. And... Um, and uh, he was able to and he was in the pits by the time the yellow and he was able to and I didn't know this pit road speed is much faster in Phoenix than the actual pace lap so I think pit road speed is 70 miles an hour and I think the caution lap speed is around 60 miles an hour so yeah Truex was able to beat uh, the leader which was Chase Elliott to the beat Chase Elliott out of the pit exit stayed on the lead lap and was able to get the lead 
he looked to be the guy to win the championship until uh, Debris Yellow forced the leaders to pit again. And that, that's what Kyle Larson did as well. That was when, um, and then before Yellow, they made the worst pit stops ever. So, again, to say that NASCAR is not a, NASCAR is not a, um, a team sport, the pit crews do the job as well. The pit crews do the job. So, again... So again, like I said, like I said, it is a team sport. And I got to give credit for Truex. Truex pulled off a fantastic effort. Because um, I didn't know, I, I think I had Truex going out, I think I had Truex going out in the Eliminator 8, I believe. I got to look at my playoff grid again. Because um, I got it so wrong this year. It's not even funny. Um, let's see here. I did have Truex out of the Lebanese aid. I did not know. Yeah, I just he, I thought he was not going to make it, and he did. He did just that. My pick was Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch did not make it to the final four this year. Uh, I also put William Byron. I put Blaney too. I mean, I put Larson in the championship four. I should have won with him, but oh well. I didn't win it. I didn't win, unfortunately. Um, the deal. Um, the let's talk about Denny Hamlin actually, because Denny Hamlin has a lot to talk about. It could be you could say it's been a good year for Denny Hamlin, but I think that's going to go down in disappointment. One week ago, actually, Hamlin was leading in Martinsville because if you didn't, if you weren't watching NASCAR, you probably didn't know this. We might have to do another show about some of the races this year, but just a little pre, but just for a free reference, last week. Um, on Halloween, Hamlin was leading the race, and he was competing against another Hendrick car, Alex Bowman. Now, Alex Bowman was already eliminated in the playoffs, by the way. He got, well, with just, I think, a less than 20 to go. Hamlin had a good points cushion heading in. He and Bowman were battling for the lead. Bowman got into Hamlin and then let him go back, and Bowman was going to try to clear him. Then the next pass opportunity that he had for the lead, Bowman got loose and got into Denny Hamlin. Then... Hamlin, then Bowman goes on to win the race. Hamlin finishes the race, gets in the final four. He goes up there and ruins Alex Bowman's celebration. And then he calls Alex Bowman a hack. Um, and then he took it to Twitter on Monday morning, on last Monday. So, I have to say that I think the reason why Hamlin lost the championship was that race in Martinsville. He should have not taken Monday and tweet about all this stuff. He was still up himself on the Bowman situation. I think that was a distraction. I don't think Denny Hamlin. Denny, I think that was the reason why Hamlin lost the championship this year. Last year, you could say that they were unprepared to Phoenix. This year, I think it's because of the Bowman situation. I think that's the reason why Hamlin is gonna. Look, we're gonna look back and say Hamlin lost the championship because Bowman, because of that incident last week against Alex Bowman. If he just moved on with it and focused on the championship race, he probably would have done a much better job than what he did this weekend. I mean, he still did a pretty good job, but I think in his mind, I think because of the um, because of the Bowman incident and him taking it over to Twitter on Monday instead of, you know, working on the car, making sure the car looks really good, making sure simu do simulation, what do you got to do, what you do, and then still talk about it. Um, even on media day on Thursday, he has to drop the subject and move on. And I think that's the reason why I think Hamlin lost the championship. I'm going to say that. Uh, but we'll talk more about Hamlin. And I'll talk about more of the other drivers in a little bit. Um, more of the drivers in a little bit. So we talked about Hamlin. We talked about Truex. Truex had a... Now let's talk about Larson's teammate and the defending Cup Series champion, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott also had, I think, a, sh a shot of winning it. Um, if the race went green, if they didn't have the yellow for, um, Alfredo hitting in the wall, I think we could have seen saw Chase Elliott won the championship, but I guess Elliott's, they just didn't fill back on the setup. And the other thing too, that maybe another reason why Chase Elliott is probably didn't, excuse me, didn't win the championship. Um, they only won two road courses this year. Remember Elliott? One, I think, he won a Road America, and he won the Rain Shirt and Cargo Code Race. Those were his only two wins this year. Bowman had four uh, this year, and of course Byron had the only one at 
Homestead, which I still think it's a disappointment that William Byron only has one win to show for. But again, we're going to talk about all the drivers of the playoffs and more on the season in another show, podcast show. So look out for that. But today we're just talking about the championship, my championship, be brief. Um, overall, I think Elliot had a pretty good season, but again, it's just that his teammate Larson has been so much better. Um, so again, I could say that Elliot, you know, won the race. I mean, technically, I think had a great season, but again, like I said, your other Henrik team, if you're not William Byron, not Kyle Larson, if you're William Byron, Elliot Bowman, and you looked up at Larson, you know, you could say how good your season was, but then you look how much Larson's dominated in the same equipment, by the way. You got something going on. So, and I've scrutinized so much of William Byron and his pit crew and all that stuff. And um, that's the case being, because, again, it goes down to the pit crews. Pit crew's really done. And Elliot's pit crew has also made mistakes as well. So, that's the case. So, again, that's the case being Phoenix, of course becomes the champ of course and uh we had a great crowd of phoenix great crowd of phoenix today i hope the numbers uh for nascar um today are pretty good i think we had a great crowd on hand phoenix is i know a lot of people said that phoenix has been pretty good is they like miss homestead presenting tonight they might move the race a little bit later tonight if they wanted to but the problem though is that the nbc contract they have sunday night football too so and obviously, NASCAR cannot compete with the NFL. Let's just face it. It's just let's just face it, people. You know that goes the same thing with Formula One too. Even though they're on network tele, they were on network television today, and the race was boring too. So everyone tuned off for that. Um, but that being said, I think the Cup race was pretty, pretty great, uh, uh, competitive. I think it was better than last year. Um, like I can say I think practice does make a difference. Also, the fact that Phoenix used resin instead of the PJ one trash to come out. If you don't know what resin is, they used uh, the resin for Nash when they went to Nashville Super Speedway earlier this season, and they've been using that for a couple of racetracks, including uh, I think they used it for New Hampshire. No, they did not use it for New Hampshire. They used it for Michigan. They used it at Texas. They used it. I think they used it at Bristol too, um, and then they used it for. Um, uh, Michigan, they've gotten some results for it. So I think resin has been a better, I think the resin is better than the PJ one compound. Just saying, I think that's my complete opinion. I thought the Phoenix race was pretty dang good. I thought the, um, and we're going to talk, I guess we could also talk about the Xfinity and truck series races because I thought those championship races were really good. But let's start off with the, uh, we're going to start off with the truck series. Then I'm going to get onto the Xfinity series. Cause there's a big headline of course in the Xfinity series as well. So let's talk about the trucks real quick uh ben rhodes won the championship um great battle in the truck series um ben rhodes only won the first two races this year in daytona and the daytona road course and then he never won a race after that um the truck series been a short season so you could easily make a case for it but he's been very consistent this year um he went up against zane smith who won his way from last week at Martinsville. He also competed against Matt Crafton, who was winless this year. And then he competed against John Harnimacek. Uh John Harnimacek was the favorite heading into the final weekend. He had a crash against um, Austin Winslow, barely got in the championship. So we were like, okay, John Harnimacek's going to end up winning the title. Seven laps in the race, he had a flat tire. And he couldn't make... I mean, he did make it up. He was able to... But he got in the lead lap, I think, with like early in the last stage and the phoenix races go by so quick as well that's why i like phoenix so much because phoenix is a short race and you do not want to make mistakes even though john arnimacek had a flat tire but like seven laps in the race they back two laps he's, he was able to get back on the lap but 55 laps to go when he was charged for the field but he only got up to like 10th um he just didn't have a truck capable of winning the title and so it was between zade smith and uh Ben Rhodes and Ben Rhodes may pull the bump and run on Smith with I think six laps to go in the race. But uh yeah, Smith just let him go by, which I think is kind of stupid. I think you have to if you're going for the championship, I don't care if it's a position or not, defend. Uh but Ben Rhodes did win the championship though, so I think it like you could say and Ben Rhodes was well consistent, and he did have the best average finish of the truck series. Yes, even though John Hernimacek won like five times this year, 
average if you're going to say that the the guy who should win the championship is the most consistent then you would say Ben Rhodes and Ben Rhodes was the most consistent um truck driver this season even though John Harmon won five races so um with that being said I think Ben Rhodes deserves the championship first championship with Thorsport since Matt Crafton in when he won for when he won without winning a race um so that was pretty good and I guess we go on to Xfinity, because Xfinity also has a big part in it today. The Xfinity Championship was really, really good. Uh, it was between Noah Graxon, AJ Allmendinger, Austin Cedric, and Daniel Hembrick. The Dinger did not win the title. They came to the track. They didn't look very good. Um, and then they had a late race loose wheel. They had spun out. They spun out because they had the loose wheel, so... Call whatever you want, conspiracy theory. So it was between Cedric, Gragson, and Hemrick. Daniel Hemrick has now... Um, then, then Gragson takes himself on the wall, of course, late in the race, trying to chase down Hemrick and Cedric. And then, on the last lap... And then you had two guys. I think it was two laps to go in the race. You had Cedric, who was going to Team Penske next year to replace Brad Keselowski... And you had Daniel Hemrick, who is on his last race with Joe Gibbs before he moves to calling racing in the Xfinity series and has not won a NASCAR race at all. Hemrick's been in the sport for quite a while. Uh, he's been there since, I think he's been there for at least, and I know it's more than five years, definitely. So seven or, I'm going to say six or seven years, just to say the least. He has 10 second-place finishes in the Xfinity Series. I think he has, like, more second-place finishes. And he's put himself in so many positions to win, only for, like, bad luck to go his way. And before I get into how this ended, let me also put this out there as well. How how unlucky do you have to be? How about your race hauler getting hit a deer carcass and your championship car is stranded in the middle of Texas? Yes, Hemrick's hauler had an incident with a hitting a deer carcass in the middle of the night in Texas. They barely got his uh, car into Phoenix with one hour to go before practice on Friday. And they had to borrow some Arca pit crew. Then the rest of his hauler came on Saturday morning once they and they were going to fix. And the plan was they were going to make it to Phoenix and then fix the hauler there. So, much as a bad omen, we were like, oh my god, this is a bad omen. I mean, a lot of fans were like, oh, this is a bad omen. He's probably going to finish second again. So, Cedric was leading, and Henrik still kept behind him. I was like, oh, come on, Hen. I was like, come on, Henrik, you got to move him out of the way. The last lap, and this is why we love the playoff for myself, the last lap of the last race of the Xfinity Series, the last turn, Henrik just turned left, Got on the inside circuit. Cindric let Henrik the bottom. And Henrik drove him up the racetrack. And beat Cindric by 500 feet. Remember they moved the start finish line to Phoenix. So he got the win. He got the win and the title. Oh my god. And I was cheering. I was like yeah. And I was like. I was like come on. Come on. I was like come on. Come on. He got it. And I was like he got it. He got it. And we were all going nuts. I think the NASCAR world went nuts. Hemrick won his very first NASCAR win and the Xfinity Championship. He took it away from Cedric. And, well, he well deserves it. And, uh, oh, it props to Cedric. Cedric did not go all out on... He didn't do a Denny Hamlin. He went all out. Actually, he was well-respected. He knew, kind of knew, as well, Hemrick was going to do a weekend. He's like, all oh, all those wins that we gave up second-place finishes and all that. Hemrick said he was not going to be denied and you know what he shouldn't be denied because that was a race that he needed to win or basically win he got it done and um he put himself in the put himself in the next round um he put himself in the championship and won his first race um and then of course ironically he got to do the backflip which was reminiscent of carl edwards carl edwards used to be a cup driver of course um he always does a backflip whenever he wins. Of course, he did the win until um, 2016. Of course, when he retired after, I think he retired before even the season started 2017. Uh, that's a that's something we I can talk about, of course. Um, 
But ironically, um, Carl Edwards' last win came on on the on this day, I think, five years ago, uh, and Hamrick did um, won the race and then got to do Carl Edwards' celebration in the back, but he nailed it pretty good. Oh my gosh! Um, so I'm happy to see the backflip return to NASCAR, and uh, like I said, it's um, pretty great. I mean, I'm happy to see Hamrick win. Um, very happy. Um, I think he's going to do well in calling race next year. That's maybe a guy you might keep an eye out for the ne next year. Uh, for one of the favorites to win the Xfinity title next year. Um, that's being said. But I thought it was pretty good. I thought the championship weekend, though, as a whole, was pretty dang good. Um, we had fantastic racing, drama, and you could all think of it. And, uh... Well, that's it. The season is over, but it is really an end of an era, although, because we got to go back to the Cup Series, because there's a lot of stuff that's um, going to change uh, next year. Let's start off with the big obvious, of course. This was the last race of the Gen 6 era. The last race, of course, that teams will be able to build cars in-house. Obviously, teams will be getting parts. and Well, one of my mid-buy in-house, like Teams will make the chassis, the bodies, and all that stuff. They're going to be getting them from suppliers. There'll still be several of the cars in the shops. But the parts, all the stuff, will be made by outside third-party suppliers that will be supplied to the teams to build the cars. Obviously, that's going to... It sucks because that's what really was basically a competitive advantage. Um, that may be one of the reasons why Hendrick Motorsports has been so dominant this year because of their equipment and all that. Um, we could also say the same thing with the Chevy engines as well, but it is going to be sad to not see teams welding together chassis, steel chassis, and all the tricks and all stuff. Now, since the next-gen car chassis and the car itself is going to be made by from from different each, each and every team is going to get the same supplier... And the same part, really, essentially. It's only going to even the competition a little bit, which is good. Um, it's going to bring the lower... It, I think, really, I think the next-gen car will bring lower teams back into and the higher big teams in a little bit together. I think you still get to see the high teams be better, but I think the lower teams bring closer to the top teams is, I think, what the goal is for the next-gen car. So, I think that's exhibit A, I think, in this case. So... But it's going to suck not seeing the, um, the teams building those cars with the, you know. It's just, it's 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 going to be sad. It's sad to see. Also, last race for sheet metal. I think they used carbon, I thought they used carbon fiber for the freaking, um, for the freaking front end. Now they're going to composite bodies. Which I think is not carbon fiber, to be honest with you. I think it's more eco-friendly. Um, the composite bodies has been used um, quite a while with the Xfinity series. I think since for five or six years, I think, for the Xfinity series. And what's the difference between that and maybe sheet metal or carbon fiber is that they the, they give in. So when you hit the wall, it won't cut a tire down as much as what would it be for uh, sheet metal. So you... More, it promotes more contact, really, and less punishment, I should say. So, that'll be something to be keep an eye on for next year. It's also the last race for five along my pit stops. I know that Larson's team is the best pit crew ever, and it's great to see the teams go around with five luck nuts, take the wheel off, put the wheel back on, taste them. Now you're only gonna, you know, and you get to hear them. You know, the, you know, you get to hear that. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to see that anymore in the Cup Series. They're moving to a single lug nut, of course, for the next-gen car. We already know that. Um, and people think they're going to miss that. But at the same time, though, I think I'm glad that the next car is going to have the single one wheel. Because I've hated where teams... You, it costs the right drivers ra a race where... Uh, if the team did not tighten up all the lug nuts, how do I? Because sometimes teams only get like four, sometimes four or three lug nuts at just the same time. But what happens is that you get loose wheels, and then of course the race, you might get fines. 
Sometimes Creed gets suspended for it. It's just so bad. At this point, you know, I'm glad they're moving to a single log in a wheel so we can get rid of those fines for the crew chiefs and all that. So we don't have to worry about those things. Oh, and also, it doesn't cost the driver a freaking race. If you want to know this firsthand, how did that happen? Go ask William Byron how he lost the race at Kansas. I can't believe he freaking lost to that. So hopefully, and that also could um, even out the pit crews a little bit. And maybe, hopefully, maybe it will even the pit crews a little bit more. Because I know Byron's team sucks at um, putting five... Trying to tighten five lug nuts on four wheels. Now they only have to tighten. All they have to do is just put aim for the center, take the wheel off, put the wheel on, put the lug back, put the lug back in, whether it's in the gun or whatever it is. It should be faster and there should be no mistakes. Well, and no valve steps will be knocked out either. That's another thing, too. The reason why. Because when you go in a clockwise fashion, um, sometimes your elbow hits the, um, the uh, valve stem and deflates the tire and of course speaking of the wheels itself the last race for traditional 16 inch wheels we would move to an 18 inch wheel obviously it's been known for the that as well known for that for quite a while um yeah they're moving to aluminum wheel uh next year it is also the last race um let's see uh, the last race for the freaking uh driver numbers on the door obviously that has been I don't think anyone forgot uh, the numbers are going to be moving forward next year. However, though, uh, we did see one official paint scheme, next-gen paint scheme. That was Kevin Harvick because he revealed the gear wrench car. Um, the gear wrench uh, paint scheme. I think the car looks really good. If you haven't seen it yet, I might link it to it. Might link it to. I might link it in the um, description below to go check it out. Um, it looks really good. Um, to be honest with you. Um, I think if that's how the case, the standard would go, I believe that I think will be a compromise. I'd like to see the number move back to more of the A pillar, A post. It can't be by the wheel because otherwise it's going to be a big issue there. So sometimes if, if you get it right, you might, um, if it, if you do it right, like maybe what Kevin Harvick's done, but hopefully with more teams, um, the number placement will kind of be much better. But again, that was the last race. Um, for now, we'll see the drivers for the numbers in the doors. Another thing too that I have not uh, last that I've not mentioned while well with the NASCAR Cup cars is the last race for the 750 horsepower. Now we've now gotten word for some time that uh, NASCAR um, the horsepower for the next gen car um, is going to be around 675 horsepower, which is a lot less than what it is. Um, a lot of fans are very disappointed about that. But again, as we said this for a while, lower horsepower tends, again, NASCAR is trying to get into lower horsepower racing, trying to make it more closer. But the other thing, too, is to try to attract a new manufacturer. We've yet to hear that NASCAR hasn't signed a new manufacturer just yet. Um, I And here's, I think, what I'm going to say. If one year from now, if we do not have a new manufacturer or... Um, NASCAR is in big trouble if they don't have a new manufacturer signed by the end of next year's season. So the end by one year from now, we should have a new manufacturer in NASCAR. If we don't, well, NASCAR is really screwed because they put all this money and the next-gen car hasn't worked out. So, again, that's the case. But good news is, and I think my buddy um, Esteb nailed it on the head. If you watch Eric Esteb from Group, he does it well. But he made a good point as well. Um... If NASCAR also is looking into hybrid stuff and electrification in some of the cars as well, hybrid engines, just like Formula One, if they can try to find some hybrid components with the electrification stuff, they can up the horsepower a little bit. And um, if that's the case, we might see not only 750 horsepower back on the tracks, but also could be back on the super speedways. You never know. Um, we'll see how that goes. As well, I can't believe they're still slowing down these race cars for Talladega. But whatever, this is the way it is. Um, so that's basically that, I think, for the end of an era for all of the NASCAR parts with the race cars and all the stuff. But let's talk about the last race for a lot of things as well outside the car, as in teams and all that. It's the last race for Starcom Racing. They tragically 
end of their race early. Um, it's the last race for Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, 20 years in sport. Uh, they've had a lot of race wins, a lot of success, bringing up young guns, providing world talent. Of course, they fielded guys like Sterling Marlin, um, guys like Jamie McMurray, um, Kyle, Chip Ganassi, Kyle Larson, of course. Kyle Larson gave, Ganassi gave Kyle Larson his cup debut and, uh, in his rookie season. Um, Juan Montoya. And he's provided signature wins. They've won the Daytona 500 and the Perkyar 400. Um, and the last one came in Atlanta of this year. Which is pretty great to see. But pretty sad to see uh, Ganassi uh, leave the sport, obviously. They'll become the new team track house next year. Um, with um, new ownership, so... But it is going to be weird to see Chip Ganassi not be here in the NASCAR Cup garage. Um, it's sad, um, but it's in good hands. Their shop's in good hands, and their most and their staff is in pretty good hands with Team Trackhouse. I think that team would, would be the new Team Trackhouse. I think we'll be doing a very good. I think we'll have some very, very good futures and hopefully good stuff coming up ahead next year as well. But again. Thanks to Chip Ganassi for being in the Cup Series, for making the sport, for participating in the sport for 20 years and making the sport really is and putting in new new drivers and future stars, basically, and, and behind those wheels and resurrecting old stars, I think, in that case. Because uh, last year, because um, he also put in Matt Kenseth last year when Kyle Larson was suspended. So there you go. Um, but that's really that. That's really that much say, but in this case, it is also the last race for a couple of drivers in their old equipments. Of course, as Ross just saying, Kerber's last year's with last races with Ganassi. We already documented that they're going, uh, Kerber is going to 2311, and Chastain is going to Team Trackhouse. It's also the last race for Brad Keselowski and Team Penske. Of course, we'll be seeing him next year in the number six for Rash Fenway. Keselowski Racing, uh, or Keselowski Ratch, uh, whatever the new name is. They said they're going to have a new name announced in a few weeks. I think it's going to be Rash Keselowski Fenway Racing, or RFK. Rash Fenway Keselowski Racing, whatever. RFKR, whatever it is. I'm just going to say RFKR for now until they come up with a new name. Um, it is also the last race for Anthony Alfredo. Uh, of course, Fast Boston come from, actually from, actually a close town of mine. Um, don't know what his plans are going to be for next year. Uh, it's also the last race for Matt DiBenedetto. Um, <sighs> very disappointed that Matt DiBenedetto did not get his, uh, breakout year. I mean, again, you know, he had potential talent, but just didn't get the wins and the results that he deserves. He's yet to find a deal for next year. It's also the last year in race for... Well, on contract for Ryan Newman. Um, essentially, this was could have been the last race that we see Ryan Newman in the Cup Series full-time. But... <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's good to see Ryan Newman in the Cup Series. But again, good to see him back. Good to see him alive, obviously, from the tragic uh, Daytona 500 crash that he had last year in the last lap. But... Um, <laughs> it's just uh it's very upsetting um very upsetting to see Newman go but again I think that Rash um when Keselowski comes into Rash Fenway I think the team will be in good hands though next year um oh I forgot to mention this outside the car as well of course it is also the last weekend we have traditional practice and qualifying now rumor has it that NASCAR is probably going to do something a little bit similar to it so rumor has it that um they maybe do what people have said is that nascar probably will do a 30 minute warm-up and then move into a single car qualifying that's been a couple of reports more reports said to even like a 20 minute warm-up and a 10 like minute group qualifying uh but the good news though is that nascar said that they are gonna do single car qualifying next year for most races which is 
for the races. So that's pretty good. Um, that if they, when they do qualify, and they'll do that. Um, that was confirmed by Bob Progress. What we don't know is that. Um, what if they do practice? If they do do practice, how much practice will they the teams get? Especially, and this is going for all series too. Um, and this is really going to be interesting because this has two factors. One factor is how much teams do they get on track to start off with, especially for the cup teams. Because remember too, I mean, yeah, they're testing the next gen car, but they're going to need a lot. They're going to need a lot more track time than what they are going to get from the tests. So it's going to be interesting to see what the team team's gonna get the other thing is the fan and this goes with practice qualifying the fan experience i've said this once and i said this again practice and qualifying are the reason why the fans need the money and i've said this and uh pay your money because fans travel put their campers in all of them and that's the reason why you pay the fans who go to the weekend and you know pay their a lot of money just stay in hotels go to the weekend all this stuff just because practice of qualifying and maybe the Xfinity and Truck Series are also on as well, depending on that. But that's the reason why I think practice qualifying is on-track action is what the case being. And that's what I clearly said that I was very disappointed that the Pocono doubleheader was eliminated from the schedule. That was the If they had the practice and qualifying, I get it that maybe they, they, if they were going to do Pocono doubleheader, they may not do practice and, may do practice and qualifying, maybe it would be too much, which I get. But... The Pokemon doubleheader was so good. And maybe people didn't show for Saturday because, well, I think what now I think a lot of people have said that the cup schedule, the more people watch the cup race on a Sunday than they do on Saturday, um, than they do on Saturday. So maybe that's the reason why that, that more of the cup races will be on Sunday. However, though, once again, NASCAR still hasn't learned a lesson. They put most of the times on a 3 o'clock p.m. start time. So, it's, uh, if we get more rain delays and more of those things, uh, blame NASCAR for moving the start time. They have to listen, start listening to those fans. Um, it's not 1 p.m. start times is, like, because of that. It's because of things like that. You know, if we do get rain, we do get delays, you know, that's the reason. My voice is getting dry. Um, let's see here. So we have the schedule. We had traditional practice of qualifying. So again, we have yet to hear announcement. We're still going to get single qual single car qualifying, which I think is the better option. Obviously, group qualifying for road courses because it works better on a road course than they do than on an oval. Um, we know that from, I think, two years ago. Uh, but we don't know about the practice, though. We probably, hopefully, will get an announcement later on in the... Hopefully before the season uh, would be preferential. Uh, but, again, um, we have no idea. No idea when, when the season begins. When, when we're going to get it. Hopefully we get it by the season begins. Um, I'm trying to think what else is the end of the year. I think that's really much it. Um, really much it of the end of an era. Um, so, uh, we're on 43 minutes. Uh, but let me, I'm going to just wrap up the season, my final thoughts, of the final thoughts of the season. I'll be doing a countdown, of course, with the best moments of the 2021 season. Um, this season has been filled with... A lot of, of unpredictability, a lot of twists, a lot of turns, and a lot of surprises. I think we had about a lot of surprises this season that we ever had before. I mean, obviously Kyle Larson would dominate the season, but we had surprise winners like um, Mike Liddell winning the Daytona 500. Um, was definitely one of them. Bubba Wallace winning at Talladega. Yes, Bubba Wallace did win at Talladega. Um... Daniel Hamilton finally winning his first Xfinity champion win the champion award. Like, Tay Fogelman winning this world. Let's go, Brand. Um, oh, I shouldn't be saying that. Because um, they said they didn't want to do this. But um, Brandon Jones. Not Brandon Jones. Brandon Brown won his first uh, Xfinity Series win for a small buddy team. 
um, there was a lot of surprises. We had a lot of surprises, a lot of great races too. We had a lot of great, uh, the racing this year has been, I would say a little bit above average. I would say above average, I think, to be, to be fair. I think compared to 2020, compared to last year, above average would be a definitely a pretty serious, I think a decent answer. I think a lot of people, probably fans probably agree the racing this year is probably above average better than this better than last year i would definitely say that for a fact i think there was a lot of races where there were a lot of good races where i think were much better than others obviously um like i said and i got to go to three races this year including the polka double header i got a lot of hard graphs i had a lot of fun um too bad they're not doing it next year but um that opens the door for me, and of course, you're probably asking yourself, uh, Eric, are you, what race are you going to go to next year? Um, I think I said this in one show, but I'll say this again. I'm planning on go, We're planning to go to Dover, Pocono, and New Hampshire are both back-to-back weeks, which I think that's a terrible way of the schedule. I get it that they want to go to the Northeast back-to-back weeks, but <sighs> back-to-back weeks is, like, so bad. So, we got those two races. We might go to Dover in May. Um, I might be going, I would love to go to Circuit of the Americas in Austin next year. Uh, the first road course of the year, I heard Austin's a really great place. I thought it'd be good to go to a NASCAR race. Um, and maybe an F1 race, but definitely the NASCAR race first. I want to go see NASCAR first, especially with the next-gen car. Um, it's something I would like to do. As well, so again, those are the races I am planning on attending. Um, planning on attending next year, so that's the case. But um, until then, uh, the off season begins with lots of next gen testing, and then we head to. And then, like I said, we are ready for. Then, like I said, the next time we see the NASCAR NASCAR back on our TV sets is February 6th at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum for the Bush, Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum for the debut of the next-gen car on track. Uh, this is going to be a headliner for that to start up the Daytona 500. Like I said, not only to kick off basically kickoff Super Bowl week, I think, in my opinion. Uh, but to do that, to give NASCAR a big headline, it's too bad the Super, too bad the, NAS, the Super Bowl's not on Fox this year, but that's just the way it goes. Um, Next-gen testing will go throughout the day. We will probably get more and more updates and more and more paint scheme looks at uh, what we'll find for this year. Um... I'm trying to think what else I want to say. I don't think I have any much else to say. I think is the season has been over. The season is done. And, uh, well, I'm happy that the season is over. I'm also a little disappointed. I'm also a little sad because, eh, well... I, uh, we had fun. We had fun in the season, and uh, it's gonna be. I'm gonna. A lot of things are gonna change as well. Of course. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. So. And uh, like I said, <laughs> I'm not gonna be talking now. I'm not really gonna be talking about NASCAR that much until the uh, until February. Um, one more thing I'd add, add is probably the TV, obviously, because. I know I have to go back to the TV. I, I know I just briefly talked about this. It's also the NBCSN, of course, is closing down, shutting down. They're going to slash the cable channel. They're going to move all the race to the USA Network, which hopefully will up the viewership a little bit. Uh, they also stream the championship race on Peacock as well. So I'm interested to hear those numbers too. And uh, we're going to see what happens next year with IndyCar as well on Peacock, especially for that for uh, race at Toronto because that could be something that NASCAR is open looking forward to in the future when they do make their new next TV contracts. But that's 2025 as well. But that's going to do it, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this um, 
little short episode of the Slime Dead Room Show. I know it's a little shorter than normal, but I wanted to get an episode out. I wanted to um, express my uh, reactions to uh, Debrief for the Championship 4 race, um, the Championship Weekend, summing up NASCAR as a whole, and uh, like I said, give my final thoughts on the 2021 NASCAR season. So, Hope you guys enjoyed the playoffs. Enjoy the final four. Congratulations to my I Melt, I believe. He is our winner for the championship playoff pool. He broke the tie. The tiebreaker it came it was a tie, really, because they both had three. They both had three um they both had three wins. Uh three each of the playoff drivers. So we had to take the tiebreaker and the tiebreaker went to, I think, the uh, uh, the non-points finish and Byron finished ahead of freaking and Logano finished ahead of Byron which too bad for William Byron he had a tough race as well but season was pretty good you could say but that is gonna do it for us today um man I'm gonna miss NASCAR I'm going to miss the NASCAR Cup Series watching on my tv screen every sunday but i'm gonna end this here i hope you guys again i hope you guys enjoy this podcast and i know it was a little short but just want to get a podcast out hopefully you guys will be enjoying so enjoying a little more if you guys do like this podcast please sure to hit look like us on spotify that let us know when you that lets me know that you guys are loving this podcast as well share it with your friends enjoy it Make sure you follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash evenings24. The description's going to go downstairs. And, uh, yeah. And that's basically it. I hope to see you all. In, and like I said, I hope to see you all pretty soon. It's good to be back, though, recording these podcasts. For everyone who's listening, I'm Eric Vigneault saying so long for now. And I'll see you in the next episode.